Napoleon once said, when asked to explain the lack of great statesmen in the world, that to get power, you need to display absolute pettiness. To exercise power, you need to show true greatness. Such pettiness and such greatness are rarely found in one person. I look upon the events of the past weeks, and I've never come so to grips with that quotation. For ladies and gentlemen of this Congress, it pains my soul to tell you that you have brought blood and shame under this great dome. Your leadership has raised the stakes of hate to a level where we can no longer separate the demagogue from the truly inspired. And believe this, there are traitors among us. And I'm not talking about those of you who sided against your party leadership. I'm talking about those of you who were patriots to your party, but traitors to the necessary end result, that of righteousness, the truth. Right from the start, I should have come down here, pointed a finger your way, and asked you, have you no decency? Ms. Pelosi? You may walk out on me, you may walk out on this body, but you cannot walk out on the will of the American people. Americans are a good people, they're a just people, and they will forgive you, but they will not forget. Hate and ego have no place residing in what my good friend calls the chapel of democracy. So let me make one thing clear. You come at us with whatever weapons that you have in your arsenal, but there is no weapon as powerful as that of an idea whose time has come. Greatness, it comes in many forms. Sometimes it comes in the form of sacrifice. That's the loneliest form. I want to see the faces of those of you who would eliminate the possibility of greatness in American leadership because of half-truths, lies, and innuendos. I will not be deterred by partisanship. I will not be deterred by misogyny. I will not be deterred by hate. You have now come face to face with my will. Heal this nation and let the American people explode into this new millennium with the exhilaration of being true to the glory of this democracy. You don't know what's going on. You've been away for far too long. You can't come back and think you are still there. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, the movie Contender, which uh, happened to watch this past weekend uh, because it's just a great movie. And the more, and I've used that, I've used that clip in some capacity, different with different cuts on it. And I just watched it, and I said, you know, this is this is a speech that President Trump should have made. This is a this is a could have been a, a speech that. Mitch McConnell could have made it's this is, but this was a speech that needed to be had because what we saw 
was hate and and untruths and innuendos and all kinds of stuff that destroyed our country as we know it. And um, it's just sad. It's sad. And we're going to go over all the all the happenings of this week. And and I want you guys that listen to me that listen to me and say, man, I love that show main event. And he's hitting everything that we're that we're thinking. I feel just the same way. I want you to not hold that in anymore. I want you to talk to your your young college kids and I want you to talk to your neighbors and your coworkers and let them know that you think this whole thing is BS. I want you I want everybody to know because you know what? Everybody I talk to believes it is. Believes it is and everybody who's who's uh, got clear thinking common sense going on in their brains, their logically thinking brains all thinks all thinks that an injustice happened over the last two months. And we have so much, so much evidence of it that I'm just, I'm just bewildered. I'm just blown away by the fact that it was able to be pulled off and nobody stopped it. I know uh, I have a, a flag on the front of my house and, uh, and I, and we've got a light out there. So it's, it's got light on it all the time. I never take it down this past week. I turned it upside down, which is distress signal. And I noticed some flags in public that I saw some flags that were dropped to half staff. There's one business that I noticed took their flag down this week. They just took it. They dropped it to half mast. And then to, then the other day I drove by and they took the flag down because they believe America's gone. But we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about that. And I know I've been talking about it. And uh, I use that song from the Rolling Stones, Out of Time. Hey, you're out of touch and you're out of time. Just think it just think it was fitting. You know, we we missed our opportunity to to fix this. The Democrats are obviously obviously uh, deviantly smarter than us. And they pulled off they pulled off the biggest heist in the history of the United States of America. And some some of the people out there. Just think this is what happened. It was legitimate. And this is our new president. This guy doesn't have any clue what's going on. We'll talk about that more, but I give it, I give it, I give it 10 days, two weeks before we start to see him melt down because he can't keep up a pace like this. You know, he signed, signed all these things. Didn't even know what they were, but anyway, before we get on to everything that happened in the last seven days, let me introduce myself for those of you that don't know who I am. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, be it buying a piece of property that you don't own or refinancing a piece of property that you do own or taking a look at the 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 great the great benefits of one of those uh, reverse mortgage things that people are talking about, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll-free area code 855 855- 640-2020. If you want to talk, if you want to get some information, but you're not ready to talk on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. It'll take you to my landing page. Fill out as much information as you want me to have and tell us how much information you want back. You'll hear back from, from me or one of my talented teammates and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, at Ed Hoffman on Twitter, at Big Ed Hoffman on Parlor if it ever comes back. At Big Ed Hoffman on uh, what's that new one I got? Cloud Hub, and of course there's something called a uh, Mega 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 something uh, Mega page Mega Mega something. Anyway, all those new social media things everyone's going to be migrating to. I'm going to try and keep everything 
at Big Ed Hoffman. Uh, but I'll keep you I'll keep you alert as I sign up for them, and we'll see uh, which ones come back. And as we all get away from uh, uh, Facebook and uh, and Twitter, and uh, because they're being we're all us conservatives are being squelched. Uh, anyway, if you have the Facebook page for the main event is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And uh, if you want to just send me an email to comment on anything you hear on the show, send it to ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, so uh, also with me on the show today, as quite often, is uh, Mr. Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and uh, Redlands. Scotty, welcome back to the show. Ed, great to be back. Great to be back. Uh, we, got a, we got a lot to talk about and a lot to comment on. So let's get in on it. So uh, inauguration happened on Wednesday. Uh, the inauguration uh, took place with fortified fortified security because Capitol Hill riot on January 6th. Almost 26,000 National Guard troops were deployed to the Washington, D.C. They slept on floors of the Capitol building at night, and they kept the streets of D.C. on lockdown during the day. Reporters say the area around the National Mall had been eerily quiet. And I, and I just think to myself, if this is what the people wanted, why the need for the uh, for all this security? Maybe because the people didn't really vote this. Some of the images we've seen this week looked a lot like a third world country, uh, but this is this is all for America's safety, right? Tucker Carlson Tucker Carlson has a different idea, and I think he's onto something. So no matter what they are telling you, those twenty six thousand federal troops are not there for your safety. Instead, unmistakably. The Democratic Party is using those troops to send the rest of us a message about power. We're in charge now. We run this nation from Honolulu to our colony in the Caribbean and everything in between, very much including where you and your family live. Do not question us. Men with guns enforce our decrees. We control the Pentagon. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary to see what's see what's going on. Um, but it's not enough just to have the National Guard deployed. Democrats also had to introduce a new conspiracy theory this week. Remember the KFC Congressman Steve Cohen from Tennessee? He's the one that did that stupid KFC chicken bucket stunt when Bill Barr said he wouldn't show up for one of the uh, endless Russia collusion collusion hearings. So that was that was like, hey, we can work through lunch. We got some chicken to eat. Well, and we can just keep working through lunch. No, it was supposed to say, hey, you know, uh, Bill Barr is too chicken to come talk to us. So we brought some Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, what an idiot. This week, Cohen went on CNN and made a baseless accusation that 75% of the National Guard is made up of neo-Nazis who might try to assassinate Biden or something like that. The Guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, only about 20% of white males voted for Biden. You gotta figure that in the Guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media and we know it, they're probably not more than 25% of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75% are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. Yeah, well, if uh, only 20% of male, white males, and if white males are the are the uh, majority, and only 20% of them voted for Biden, and uh, we know that he got, uh, that Trump got, you know, like uh, 55% of the black vote, um, why is Biden being inaugurated? You know, the funny thing is that I remember when we went to the inauguration for Trump and there was this kind of a guy um, on uh, standing on the wall and he had a sign that said, not my president. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I do. OK, well, it's funny because now, Ed, I'm that guy, right? Yeah, I'm the guy on the, the wall. We are that guy. We are that guy. Exactly. The one that does acknowledges. I mean, it's kind of like, look, 
um, those of us who think this is a sham, we're like supposed to go about our daily lives, our daily business, like nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. It's all normal. It's all normal. So exactly. and, yeah, and, and it's kind of like, you know, we're just supposed to acknowledge this guy as our president. I think Rush Limbaugh was talking about this a couple of days ago when he said that in his, his estimate, there was like 50 million people uh, that think this election was not legitimate. Actually, I think the number is much, much higher than that. But that's a pretty big, large group of people that think that we're being run by an illegitimate presidency. And ultimately, we're, we're kind of living in a pseudo banana republic at this point. Yes, we are. And, you know, when they they lay out all all the uh, evidence and nobody wants to see it. I mean, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. This thing was this thing was completely doctored with. And, uh, and you know, you got whistleblowers. We should hear all these whistleblowers as long as they're saying something against Donald Trump. But as long as when the whistleblowers come out and and witnessed evidence of of uh, of of uh, ballot fraud, election fraud. Nobody wants to hear it. Oh, the court said it was baseless. Well, the court said they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it because they didn't want to have a judge make a decision that made everybody mad at him. So it's, it's amazing. It's just amazing to me. We got that many stupid people in this country. And, and I will say, if you voted for Biden, you're stupid. And, uh, and you know, if you don't have, if you have, have some issues with that, okay, then, then uh, let's have let's have a conversation. But that's uh, but, you know, to me, if you're a Democrat, whether you're a Democrat in office or you're a Democrat voter, you're 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 an idiot. OK, so Steve, uh, Steve Cohen should be pleased to know that the Department of Defense was one step ahead of him. They did some kind of a vetting process for the troops at the Capitol this week. And out of twenty six thousand, they removed a grand total of 12 guard members from duty because of unnamed concerns. In fact, it was confirmed Tuesday that actually only two of the 26,000 were removed for possible links to right-wing extremist groups. I would suggest it's probably someone that that had a uh, had the right to remain silent but just didn't have the ability. Well, it would be someone like uh, me or you, Scott. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, well, what's your what's your uh, what's your what's your thought on on Biden being elected president? I think it's bull. And uh, they said, "Okay, you're out. You're you're not safe." Yeah, maybe those two guys happened to watch Fox News one evening, and that's why they were removed. Yeah. Or, uh, or worse, Newsmax or One America News. Oh, God uh, forbid. Also, FBI was planning for violent right-wing protests outside the Capitol buildings of all 50 states. Guess how many people showed up in New York? One. In other states, here's how the protesters showed up outside their Capitol buildings. There was 100 in Texas. Okay, Texas is a is a, is is deep red, uh, red blooded conservative Americans, 50 in Ohio, 20 in Michigan and 12 in Oregon. And uh, at the California state Capitol, uh, there was a tweet from the Sacramento police um, demonstration up, update. Currently there are no active demonstrations in downtown. And the problem is, is that the inauguration was on a Wednesday and it was a work day. So uh, stay tuned for what we might see this weekend, because you'll notice that all the conservative protests and and uh, parades and all that stuff, they all happen on the weekends because Republicans have jobs. Yeah, look, the point is that the Republicans aren't showing up because they don't want to waste their time there. Uh, they don't want to waste their time paying attention to this. I mean, I didn't I didn't watch it. You know, the only thing I'm hearing is officer clips, some of the clips that we're going to be playing. But, you know, it, it's it's. It's depressing. It's depressing to watch this kind of stuff. It's not only depressing. It's it's uh, it's 
it's jaw dropping. It's it. You you look at this guy. He's clearly not coherent. He slurs his words. You know, hey, you're making you're making the most important speech of your life, and you're not really sure what you know. When I'm when I'm trying to trying to make a important speech, I'm doing that. I read it over and over and over so that so that um, I mean you could t- and you could tell if you're out there listening that most of the most of my show is not scripted. It's coming right out coming right out of my brain. And Scott and I are are talking about this stuff and stuff pops into our brain and we say it. So we're we're spontaneous. When you're doing a speech like that, and you can tell when Trump's doing it, you know what? Read it a few times so that so that you know where you need to put the inflection, know how to make sure, hey, if that word, is it pronounced like this or pronounced like that? Doesn't mean you're illiterate to to uh, somebody in your speech writing thing uses a word that you don't often use so you know how to so you know how to use it or hey let's change let's change that to this word because i think people understand that better seems more clear clear to me you know uh, biden is doing his his inauguration speech he doesn't know what he's saying he can't pronounce the words he doesn't know where to pause and where not to pause you can't this is the president of the united states he's supposed to be running our country we had a strong, confident uh, president in there that made all kinds of positive changes that helped everybody. And we just beat the crap out of him for four years. And then we stole it from him. He worked his ass off on, the, on his uh, campaign doing four, three, four, five can- uh, rallies a day, going to see people, talking to people, talking to people, speaking from his heart. I know he had teleprompters where he had notes. But he was he was he was he was putting out putting out the energy all the way into the middle of the nights at the last few days. Biden was taking naps in his basement. Trump was capable. He's been keeping up a, a pace like this for years, for years. And and I go, you know, I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm 15 years younger than him. And I can't even imagine keeping that 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 work pace up. And now we got Biden in there. He's supposed to be the replacement. What the hell are we thinking? Well, it's definitely it's a historic first, Ed, because you've never had a president with full blown Alzheimer's in the White House, at least as best of my knowledge, we haven't. So it's definitely a first in that regard. Uh, And yeah, you know, I think, you know, as I told you, I mean, I I was sick the last couple of weeks. I had covid, you know, just uh, uh, just to make that uh, that announcement. And, yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of fun, but it gave me a lot of time to think. And it's kind of like, and I decided to myself, by the way, I'm not going to be sick and depressed at the same time. So I had to kind of tune out a little bit of what was going on politically. But I guess the question is, how do you go about your daily life and not lose your mind? And I think part of this is we do have to make a conscientious effort to be happy. And the, one of the surprising things for me is the left seem like a bunch of sore winners, like they're still not happy and probably never will be. I mean, this, this whole perfect utopia that they want to try and carve out, that can never be achieved. So there's never really a happiness. There's never really, you know, uh, they're just a bunch of uh, malcontent dirtbags who unfortunately wield a hell of a lot of power right now. Exactly. And if you know, I saw somebody post something saying, and I re I reposted it um, yesterday. It said, had a picture of Trump and say, you notice even all the Biden supporters aren't, aren't happy about Biden. They're just still taking shots at Trump. They're not saying, Hey, Biden is so strong. He's so great. He's going to do great things for America. All they wanted was Trump out. Not because he wasn't doing a good job because they just don't like him personally. Hey, you know what? I don't care what kind of dork you are. If you can make some smart decisions. I mean, I mean, look at Bill Gates. 
he's a dork. He's a he's a complete dweeb. He's the you know the kind of hey you know what he he says in one of his things hey, uh, be nice to nerds in high school because one day you may be working for him. Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. The nerds in in high school were were the really the smarter ones. They weren't cool in high school, but they're the ones that did great things. I'll give it to Bill Gates. He did some great things, and but he's a dweeb. But you know what? If I want to build a computer thing, Bill Gates is your man. You know, uh, Steve, Steve Jobs, more of a cool guy, very smart, but, you know, and some people didn't like him because he had this uh, uh, reality distortion field around him, you know, that, that they all commented, hey, you know, Steve doesn't understand how reality works, but he pushed and pushed and pushed and he accomplished stuff. That's who you want. You know what? We didn't elect, I've said this a million times, we didn't elect Trump to be the pastor of our church or to date our daughters. We, we, we. I hired him to do a job and he did it excellent. Even though he was being uh, facing resistance for four years, look at all he accomplished. That's who, that's who, that's who we want. And who's excited about Biden? Not even the Biden supporters, not even the idiots that, that actually voted for him. They're not even excited about him. Well, you know, my sister says, well, you know, uh, Trump is good for the middle East, but he's not good for America. Yeah. Look at what's happening now. Anyway, so we, I can go on and on about my sister. So it was a different kind of inauguration day on Wednesday uh, with a very small crowd on the National Mall spaced out for social distancing, much smaller parade than normal, and the outgoing, and outgoing president not in, not in attendance. I wouldn't have showed up either. No, no, I think that was a good move on his part to not show up for, for what? That's almost acknowledging, if he showed up, that's almost acknowledging that this thing was actually real. Exactly, and you know what? Everybody, everybody whined four years ago about Trump being elected because they thought Hillary was entitled to it. Nobody, nobody, nobody said it was phony, uh, phony count that there was fraud here, fraud there. It was just, I can't believe that Hillary wasn't the president, you know, and crazy people with, uh, with pink hats on their head and, uh, you know, and saying all the crazy stuff they did the day after inauguration, but nobody said that he stole the election. Except for Hillary. Well, you know, I got the popular vote and I still got it stolen from me. Oh, my God. And here's what those of here's here's a little bit about here's a little of the of the uh, inauguration. What some of us that couldn't stomach too much of it missed as co-chair of the congressional committee that plans inauguration. Senator Amy Klobuchar, who apparently wanted to be president. And of course, in the Amy Comey, Coney Barrett. Uh, things she said she wanted to be the one being on the other side being grilled. Uh, but she got to be MC, and here's her highlight reel. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, members of Congress and the judicial branch, former presidents and first ladies, vice presidents, leaders from abroad, and a whole bunch of Bidens. America, welcome to the 59th presidential inauguration. The sun is shining, and Mr. President-elect, this is the first inauguration in the history of America where J-Lo was the warm-up act for Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, what you are all about to be part of America is a historic moment of first. To administer the oath to our first African-American, our first Asian-American, and our first woman vice president, welcome to the inaugural stage, the first Latina to ever serve on the Supreme Court, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, my goodness. 
oh my goodness, this is just overwhelmingly exciting. The first woman, the first woman of color, the first. <clears throat> I just want to know if any of these people are qualified, Ed. <laughs> is that kind exactly. of the most important thing? Exactly. I saw someone who used to work for me uh, posted a posted thing. This is so historic. The first, the first female vice president, the first woman of color, the first this. And I go, what are you celebrating that for? Isn't it? Wasn't it more important have someone who's competent, ready to take over when the when the incompetent president keels over from uh, his brain hemorrhages or something? No, it, don't you want someone who's competent? Should be should be a great honor to know that. Uh, she was chosen for that position based on what she has between her legs and uh, the color of her skin. Should be should be tremendously, tremendously an honor. Anyway, hey, we're all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be back. We got a lot to do in the second half. Summit Funding. I do not talk about real estate and financing on the show because most of you would rather hear about politics and what's going on in this country. But if you're in the market or if you think you might be in the market or if you're wondering about uh, refinancing or purchasing a new property or, um, you know, making your payment go away, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty in this country right now. So if you're over 62, a lot of people, I got a, getting a lot of people calling about reverse mortgages just because of the uh, the options it gives you. And when you're, when you're past your working years, it's hard to make, it's hard to pivot and make quick changes on it. The reverse mortgage gives you that opportunity. If you want to learn about that, call me 855-640-2020. That's area code 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo and do that computer thing. Okay, so uh, we were talking about the 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 strange inauguration of uh, of uh, Joseph Mr. Magoo Biden on uh, on Wednesday. Biden's inauguration speech is being called uplifting and unifying. Even uh, Chris Wallace, uh, the idiot on Fox News, um, even said, "I think this was the greatest inauguration speech I've ever seen in my lifetime." Oh, geez, but I'm not so sure that this part fits that description of of uplifting and unifying. Folks, this is a time of testing. We face an attack on our democracy and on truth, a raging virus, growing inequity, the sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis, America's role in the world. Any one of these would be enough to challenge us in profound ways. But the fact is, we face them all at once, presenting this nation with a, one of the gravest responsibilities we've had. Now we're going to be tested. Are we going to step up, all of us? It's time for boldness, I promise you. We will be judged, you and I, by how we resolve these cascading crises of our era. We will rise to the occasion is the question. Will we master this rare and difficult hour? Will we meet our obligations and pass along a new and better world to our children? Yeah, I would have to say that uh, he wants to make sure. I think his kids are doing pretty good. They're learning how to uh, 
they're learning how to take advantage of, uh, well, they're not learning how they learned how, while he was a vice president, how to take advantage of, of the world and, uh, pack their pockets for it. And he goes, Oh, Hey, it's time for boldness. How does you know, Joe Ed, Biden and boldness in the same, in the same sentence? Yeah, I, I'm literally falling asleep listening to this guy. I mean, I think this whole speech was about 18 minutes. And I, I haven't heard. I, I don't think I could handle listening to it. And I guess as I listen to this guy talk, I'm thinking to myself, how long is he actually going to last in there? I don't think he's going to make it a year, Ed. I don't think he, I'm, I don't see him making a month. And I said earlier in the show, uh, 10 days to two weeks. I just don't, I think we're going to start seeing him disappear for half the day, not knowing where he's at. Hey, where's Joe today? Doesn't seem to be much news going on. They're not talking about uh, Biden and uh, he just disappears because he probably has to take a nap in the middle of the day. You know, uh, so every presidential candidate crams too many on day one promises into their campaign. And Joe Biden was no exception, but he did accomplish a lot of what he promised in the first 24 hours, unfortunately. First, he signed 17 executive orders piled high on his resolute desk. Of course, he didn't know what any of it said. No, he had little had to have little notes. This one's about this, Joe. Oh, what's this one about? Uh, I don't really know what I'm signing. Number one, a hundred day masking masking challenge where we all wear masks for a hundred days requires masks in federal federal buildings on federal lands and by government contractors. Urges state and local governments to do the same. Is that not already happening? What have we all been doing for the past ten months? Also on Thursday, there was a yet another mask mandate for airports, trains, ships, and buses. Wasn't that already required in those places too? I don't know. So I have to say, hey, so if he makes this big mandate, why then is uh, Biden and his whole family uh, show up at the Lincoln Memorial without uh, without masks on? Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural- At the Lincoln Memorial, yes. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country. And certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know, here in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay attention uh, normally? Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by sign signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, the requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but... I don't think I think we have big, bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time. Yeah, there's bigger issues, bigger issues to deal with than uh, actually be an example of uh, that you're supposed to be when you're president. Sounds kind of like uh, Gavin Newsom. Hey, you know what? You guys stay at home. You guys don't go to parties. You guys don't go to restaurants. But, you know, don't tell anybody. But I'm taking my friends out for three hundred dollar plate dinner and we're not wearing masks. And you know what? Uh, I think we've seen this uh, uh, a few too many times between between him and Cuomo and 
and Pelosi and every other one of the hypocrites. Yeah, I thought I thought she did a nice job of dodging the question. Um, but again, what it boils down to is these rules are, are for you. Just do what we tell you to not. Don't watch what we do. Ed. it's all it's all a fraud. Yeah, especially when he made when he made. I mean, I was in the car. I was in the car on uh, on Wednesday morning, and that was one of the points of his speech that I actually heard only because I'm in there. I'm locked in. There's nothing I can really do. Uh, while I'm driving, I could talk on the phone or, but you know what I heard, heard him say, it's not the example of power. It's the power of our example. He doesn't even know what he's reading. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. So let's go on to the next executive order. Stopping the United States withdrawal from the world health organization and making Dr. Anthony Fauci becoming the head of the delegation to the WHO. That's important. They've done so much for us over the last, over the last year, haven't they? Creating the position of COVID-19 response coordinator, someone who will report directly to Biden and manage the vaccine effort. That's important. That's important. That as you know, Most of this stuff that he's doing as, as executive orders, stuff that Trump already did. Extending the existing nationwide moratorium on evictions and foreclosures until at least March 31st. So those of you that own uh, uh, rental properties, you guys make sure and you make your payments but the renters don't have to don't have to pay the rent, even though we're giving them all our tax money to help them help them out. And we're and we're keeping and we're giving their employers money to make sure they still keep getting paid. They can spend the rest of that money on weed and uh, and drugs and alcohol. They don't have to pay their rent. Uh, Scott, you're you're a landlord. You have any uh, well, yeah, thoughts I, on that? Well, yeah, sure. So what we're saying is you don't have to pay your rent. Uh, well, uh, but unfortunately, we still have to pay mortgages. So as you said, um, what kind of impact is this going to have? I mean, look, and it's only it's at least until March 31st. So we're what, giving people two months to not pay rent or or you can't be evicted. I two mean, more months, two not more months, pay rent yeah. and right. not be evicted. But then at the end of it, uh, I have I have a lot of renters and so far all of mine are paying. Some of them yeah. pay later in the month than than the other ones, but mine are all paying. Well, you, had, you taught me how to screen out tenants. So this isn't an issue for me, thank goodness. But I'm sure it is obviously an issue for a lot of people. Next, they extended the existing pause on federal student loan payments at, until at least September 30th. And of course, they're talking about uh, um, forgiving student loans, which is a real which is a real stick in the eye to those people that paid off their student loans or parents that paid cash for their kids to go to college. Uh, this will be another this will be another crazy, uh, chaotic thing. Uh, we rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. That's important. That's important. Put the pressure on the on the companies. Uh, put the pressure on the car companies. Put the pressure on all these corporations to uh, to save uh, to to be more less polluting, uh, and just put more pressure on the economy for people that uh, you know are already shut down and can't can't keep their doors open. Here's the here's the one that's completely completely asinine to me. Canceling the Keystone XL pipeline and directing agencies to review, review or reverse more than 100 Trump actions on the environment. Uh, I think Ted Cruz grilled uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, this week and uh, said it pretty good. I will say it was disconcerting to see yesterday, the first day of the Biden administration, straight out of the gate, President Biden announced that he was canceling the Keystone pipeline. That is a major infrastructure project. That is a project that right now today has 1,200 good paying union jobs. And in 2021, the Keystone Pipeline 
was scheduled to have more than 11,000 jobs, including 8,000 union jobs, for contracts worth $1.6 billion. And with the stroke of a pen, President Biden has told those 11,000 workers, those union workers, your jobs are gone. Mr. Buttigieg, what do you say to those workers whose jobs have just been eliminated by presidential edict? Well, I think the most important thing is to make sure that we make good on the promise of the president's climate vision as being one that on net creates far more jobs, millions, we hope. Uh, I know that won't just happen. We'll have to do a lot of work to make sure that's real. Uh, but getting this right means ensuring that there are more good paying union jobs for all Americans delivered through that infrastructure vision. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. Yeah, I don't really see the uh, I heard him say that we hope. And then I heard him say it ensures that they're going to have to we hope it's going to create jobs and then it ensures the jobs. And, uh, you know, uh, but they have jobs. Let's just take them away and then hope we can find find a replacement for them. And I don't think that making sure that that uh, Biden stay uh, keeps his promise of his his climate stuff. I don't think that makes it keeps keeps food on anybody's table. You know, the, the one issue you think, oh, but he's hopeful, though, Ed. He is hopeful that those jobs will come back in some other way. Maybe they'll be uh, sitting on windmills, I guess, uh, in six months. We're not really sure. Um, I think the one thing that is kind of interesting is that traditionally unions have voted Democrat in the past. Now, I think there has been a shift under Trump um, towards uh, more going on the, on the Republican side. But I just wonder how many of those guys that are losing their jobs maybe voted for Biden. And now the reality of their decisions actually hitting home, you know, that, dude, you just voted yourself out of a job. And you remember uh, uh, Obama said no to the XL pipeline. And this is a pipeline that takes, uh, takes oil from Canada. And this whole project is mostly paid by Canada. So it's taken their oil and taken it down from, uh, from the Canadian border and it takes it all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, as far as where it can go onto ships and uh, and I'm sure there's other places where they where they where it, it lets out as well. But this is something that got us to this is these are projects that that helped get us energy independent. Biden just wants to turn off anything that Trump did, even if it was good for our country. So we can be more reliable on on uh, the Middle East for oil. And so we can have more people unemployed. This guy, does, you know, you got Biden and then you got. Pete Buttigieg, who, who just had, does that install any confidence in anybody? Does it make you feel like somebody has a brain running this country? It doesn't. Well, I, you know, yeah. And, and obviously doing this is a, is a terrible thing to do. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, and the only reason to do it at all, Ed, and it's so obvious, it's just throwing a bone to the environmentalist wacko part of the Democrat Party to make him feel like he's doing something and that uh, that he's on their side. Apparently. And, you know, we want to make sure that we uh, that we impress all those little kids from uh, from Sweden. Uh, what's her name? Gretchen. Uh, Greta Thunberg. Greta, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. She's so mean. How dare you? We want to make sure we impress them. We don't care. You know, we don't want to care about anybody who actually works in America, that that votes in America, that pays taxes in America. Let's make Greta Thunberg happy. The next one was rescinding Trump administration's 1776 commission directing agencies to review their actions to ensure racial equity. 
you know, uh, 1776 is a, a patriotic education program to make sure kids really even know how America got here and what made us great. And, uh, you know, all these uh, historic statues that they all want to tear down because they're so, uh, so repulsive. Hey, let them know about the make sure that they know about this country. Uh, the next one prevents workplace discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. I think that's already there. I don't think this is anything new, but make sure Biden takes credit for it. Uh, next one requires all non-citizens to be included in the census and apportionment of congressional representatives. You know what that means? That means uh, California is going to have more illegal aliens than ever. So that will. Uh, so the more illegal aliens we have here, the more Congress people we need. And of course, uh, those undocumented Democrats are going to vote for their new Democrat representatives. Uh, so they're stacking the House of Representatives with more Democrats. So it's going to be harder and harder for uh, anybody to ever have have a controlling interest in it. Jump in on any of these that you have comments on there, Scotty. Uh, I'm not willing to. Sure. I'm not trying to overtalk you. Um, <laughs> fortifying DACA after Trump's efforts to undo protections for undocumented people brought into this country as children. Well, you know what? They uh, when Obama signed in DACA. The kids had to be 15 by by five years before that. So they were all minimum of 20. And five years later, if you hadn't filled out your your applications already to to uh, get legal. Trump turned it off and said, no more, no more, no more applications being accepted. And you know what? If these people want to be legal, fill out your damn forms. Uh, The next one reverses the Trump administration's restrictions on U.S. entry for passport holders of the seven Muslim majority countries, basically uh, reversing the travel ban. That's good for our country. Let's make sure we have more more Muslims that can come in without being checked. Um, Undoing Trump's expansion of immigration enforcement uh, uh, within the United States. Let's let more illegal people come in, halting construction of the border wall by terminating the national emergency declaration used to fund it. Um, Well, what else can we use that money for? Uh, we've got this declaration to build this wall. And, you know, the wall has gates in it. Can you see any reason that this is a problem? Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll divert that money towards windmills and solar panels at, out in the desert. I'm sure that's where it's going to go. Exactly. Exactly. Windmills that don't turn. Extending deferrals of deportation and work authorization for Liberians with safe haven in the United States since or until uh, June 30th, 2022. Why is this, why? I don't know what the being specific about people from Liberia is, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. It's like, do you know, <laughs> were we getting ready to deport all those people? Cause they're a problem. I, I don't know. This kind of like, what, what's the big deal with Liberia? I don't know. He just wants to sign things. Uh, they directed the office of, uh, of management and budget director to develop recommendations to modernize regulatory review and undoes Trump's regulatory approval process. I think Translation, that just means more, more regulations. Regu- more regulations. Yeah. That's always happy. Um, then there's another massive COVID relief bill, this time $1.9 trillion. Uh, How is this any different from the $900 billion COVID bill that failed to pass before the holidays? Uh, for one thing, it would implement a national minimum wage of $15 an hour. It should be a national minimum wage of $15 an hour. No one working 40 hours a week should live below the poverty line. That's what it means. If you work for less than $15 an hour and work 40 hours a week, you're living in poverty. 
that's absolute garbage. Uh, and as a, an employer or somebody that employs 28 people, I can tell you that I do have some employees who are on minimum wage. The purpose of minimum wage is not to buy a home. It's not to build a career on. The purpose of the minimum wage is for people that are just entering the job force. These are people that are in or just got out of high school. Maybe they're in college that's part-time, that sort of thing. So the whole point of that was to give people an entryway into the workforce. I've never believed in any minimum wage at all, but taking it to 50 $15 an hour. See, the, the problem with that, Ed, is that's based on the assumption that these businesses have that kind of money. And by the way, these are businesses that maybe have had no revenue come in at all for the last eight to 10 months or longer. And now they're expected to, to pay out more in payroll. Where's that money coming from? Where's that money going to come from? They're just assuming they have that money in their back pocket. They can just pull it out and use it. Where is this leading? Well, what I'll tell you where it's leading. Uh, it's leading to unemployment because in many cases, businesses can't afford $15 minimum wage. It also means that if you got three employees, maybe they're at $10 an hour. Now you now you got to, now it's up to $15 an hour. That means one of those people is gone. So you're going to end up laying people off. It also means inflation because businesses aren't stupid. They want to survive and God forbid, maybe even earn a profit. And to do that, in many cases, you're just going to have to jack up the cost of everything they do. Yeah. And $15 an hour in California is one thing, but in uh, Ohio and Oklahoma and in uh, Alabama and Arkansas, you know, you're just going to destroy businesses and, and Biden is an idiot. Also on Biden's immediate agenda is comprehensive immigration reform includes an eight year path to citizenship, a faster track for those in the DACA program, uh, you know, the dreamers or those who come from uh, strife torn countries with temporary status, some of which was already included in the earlier executive actions. Uh, when a, when word of Biden's immigration plan was unveiled in December, a migrant caravan from Honduras affected by two hurricanes that hit the country in November began heading north. Last weekend, they, they reached Guatemala, where they overpowered the security forces attempting to block them. Guatemala's immigration spokesperson estimates the caravan's about 8,000 people. Obviously, their goal is to reach Mexico and the U.S. border. Here's what one of the immigrants told reporters. They're having a new president versus Biden. He's going to help all of us. He's given us 100 days to get to the U.S. so we can get a better life for our kids and family. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure why they would think that. He gave him 100 days. Here's now, uh, where did the young guys, where did the young man we just heard get the idea that he gives him 100 days to get to the U.S.? Maybe it was his interpretation of this campaign promise from the second debate in October. Nobody is going to be deported in my first 100 days. 100 days of my administration, no one, no one will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America. Yeah, and we're all happy about that because based on uh, all the all the propositions that uh, I don't know about nationwide, but in California, uh, nothing short of uh, of, uh, you know, gutting the gutting the president with a with a pocket knife is a felony everything's a misdemeanor and uh, we shouldn't have any we shouldn't have any any bail for people to get out because poor people shouldn't sit in jail well then poor people shouldn't commit crimes but uh you know and people that commit crimes should be in jail but uh this just this just brings more people more people in more people in and i heard biden say well we got 300 million people we can take on 2 million 
two million extras. Yeah, somebody's got to pay them, and somebody's got to employ them. And you got businesses shut down, shut down. I don't know what you're thinking. What about Americans that pay taxes? You know, the funny thing is that this is probably one of the least popular things of all of them. Like, if you survey people across the board, hey, do you want another couple million people pouring in this country? Even people that are already still here illegally, the answer would be a resounding no. And and if you think about it, it's like what? So they can compete with those jobs, they can compete with those resources. In case you haven't noticed, like the traffic in California alone is just, I mean, you can't go anywhere without spending, you know, hours in freeway traffic. God forbid if you have to work in LA somewhere. Uh, what's this all boil down to? Well, it's changing the demographics of this country and ultimately shifting a hell of a lot of voters over on the Democrat side. That's the bottom line to all this. Yep, exactly. Uh, next week, Biden's team has said his priorities will be actions relating to criminal justice reform. So let's make sure we let more people, more criminals out of jail so they can rape and kill people. Climate change so we can uh, we can uh, destroy our economy some more and more on immigration. This includes speeding up the reuniting of families separated at the border under Trump. Of course, uh, if these kids had parents that wanted to be with their kids, um they would be with their they would be together i can't even imagine i can't even imagine i would i would assume if there's still kids that are not reunited with their parents because they came here without parents no exactly you know for me the biggest question ed is how badly can these idiots screw this country up i mean when you think about all the blood sweat and sacrifice that's gone into creating the greatest country on earth how fast can they flush it all down the toilet and ultimately what are we all supposed to do about it um, the fi- final common part- uh, comment uh, that I would have for you is we need to repeal Gavin Newsom, get him out of there. That's step number one that everybody can work on to make that happen. Yep. If you haven't signed the uh, the petition to recall Newsom, make sure and uh, get on the Internet or uh, social media, find out how to how to sign those. And uh, they're almost at, at the signatures required. And uh, keep the talk up. Keep talking because this stuff. This stuff will destroy America if people don't talk about it. This is not gonna. This is not gonna end well. Anyway, hey, we're all out of time for uh, this episode of the main event. Scott, thanks for joining me today. Ed, thanks for having me. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number nine nine two one, California DRE ID number one zero one two six five eight, Arizona MLO license number zero nine two six four three nine, Branch NMLS ID number one eight four one seven eight two, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number three one nine nine, Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven, Equal Housing Opportunity.